Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. So what's up, what's up, what's up, y'all? This Classified. This is Mocha Only. This is Sean Price. Yeah, Ghostface Killer. This is Quake Matthews. What's up, I'm Brother Ali. Fight Diggy, Tribe Core Quest. Eloquent, man. What up, Styles Peter Ghost. This is Ab Soul. This is K.O. And you listening to The Come Up Show, where that feel-good music lives. Hey. This is show that you come up on, yeah. This is spot that you come up strong, you heard. Hey, welcome back to the Come Up Show podcast. My name is Chuddle, host and founder of the Come Up Show. Thank you for joining me. Today's guest is the one and only Michael Christmas from Boston, Mass. He was here in Toronto a couple of weeks ago touring with Cousin Stiz, and I had such a great time interviewing him, and I hope you, you enjoyed this interview. A few things that we talk about is where he gets his positive energy from. If you haven't already checked out his music videos, Go check it out. You're going to have an instant smile on your face. He has a happy-go-lucky, jolly, some people say teddy bear quality to him. Uh, He tells me about his favorite memorable moment in Toronto that he is not going to be forgetting for the rest of his life. He was laughing till 6 in the morning about this specific moment. I asked him about the high school chemistry teacher that let him record Exhibit C freestyles in the classroom closet and why he thinks every day when he wakes up, he might be back in the 8th grade and so much more. Let's get into it to my conversation with Michael Christmas on the Come Up Show. Cheer. All right, this is the Come Up Show. I have the homie Michael Christmas. How you doing, brother? I am fantastic. <laughs> you just had some oxtail. How's that? How's that? Yo, I just had like the most delicious oxtail and rice. And I had a beef patty while I waited for the oxtail and rice. So, yeah. Yeah. What did you wash it down with? Uh, seven up, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know why. Are you a seven up or a Sprite guy? I'm a Sprite guy, but they dude brought me a Riley seven. fucked up. Riley brought me a damn seven up. I'm not mad, Riley. It was delicious. It was very crisp. You know what I'm saying we got to support Orlando. Yes, sir. Um, so um, you probably get asked this a bunch of times. Where did that last name Christmas? Why did you pick Michael Christmas? Uh, I do get asked that yeah. once or twice a day. Um, <laughs> nah, uh, I made it up when I was 16. There was no meaning behind it or anything. Yeah. I was just like, I'm going to start rapping now. And it took me like 10 minutes. I was like, I need a name. And I was like, Michael Christmas. It's perfect. Yeah, I just it. stuck with it. I just told everybody, don't call me nothing but Christmas. And all my friends call me Christmas. You see me, just call me Christmas. And it's like when you call somebody Christmas, it's kind of hard to like hate them or feel any ill will. Like you're Christmas. And I feel like that is as me, because if you hate me, you probably a hater. Hate yourself. You just hate. You just mad. Like what? I'm ugly as hell. Let me do my thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like watching your music and your videos and seeing you perform yesterday, you have this like happy-go-lucky, jolly like. You know, as some interview said, teddy bear energy about you. Like, people instantly feel positivity when they see you. Like, I want to know where that, where does that energy come from? Um, It's just, like, just being real happy to do the, the shit I'm doing. Like, yo, I'm in another country playing my music for people I've never seen before. And they with me. They listening. They're having a good time. So, like, it's real hard to be too serious when you're doing something real cool like that. It's like, if you're doing that, you acting. Because you know you're having a good time. Everybody's having a good time. That's just fire. <laughs> it's just fun. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where it comes from. Is like, with everything I do, I'm just happy to be able to do it. 
And like I'm here with my friends Like I'm here with my friends From Boston Like Stiz is here Fucking Lino Reef Mui Everybody's over here And we in another country On a little road trip Shit's cool That makes the experience So much better When you can bring oh, your homies To another country You don't even understand We was up We had went through So many adventures Last night From the damn show To going to this Weird ass party After that was actually Dope DJ was fire Had NBA Jam in there And shit and then we went to this diner, and Reef almost beat this nigga up in the diner because he was being a douche. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of awesome. The whole thing was really fun. We was in the hotel. My DJ passed out on the bed and with all his clothes and his shoes on, and we tried to wake him up mad times, and he just would not budge for nothing. It was crazy. I was like, yo, we killed Mooie. <laughs> <coughs> Uh, what's your favorite memorable moment so far from being in Toronto? Okay, so <laughs> this is a hundred percent something that me and my friends will never forget as long as I live. Reef is legal here to drink. Uh, this DJ can legally drink here, okay. and we had him drunk as shit last night, and. He's on stage, uh, and they're performing No Explanation. Stiz and Reef are performing No Explanation. And at the end of the song, Reef's like, Toronto, Toronto. <laughs> like, just singing, just singing Toronto mad loud while the beat's going. And I didn't notice till way later. I seen it on uh, Joey. Uh, I seen it on our man's Joey's Snapchat. And we was laughing till 6 o'clock in the morning. Off this one Snapchat of him, Toronto. <laughs> like, yo, he was so lit. That was so crazy. He actually was lit. His dance moves, too? Like, the yeah, guy was just... Yeah, <laughs> yo, yo, he's all energy all the time. It's actually really inspiring. Watching Reef be young and fucking in charge, bro. 19, jumping around crazy, bro. Shit's cool. That's amazing. 19 years old, so that's why, yeah, he can drink here. Mm-hmm. You got to be 21 in the States. So let's take it back a little bit. Uh, you were an outcast in high school and like that. You're such an outcast that bullies didn't want to mess with you. Mm-hmm. And you always made a point to like make, make friends with the weirdest and the quietest kids. Can you tell me what kind of like person you were you in high school? Oh, man, very, very quiet. It's weird. Like my freshman year of high school, mm-hmm. I went to a high school I actually liked. A lot, and I made friends immediately there, and we were lit that year. We were forcing it. We, uh, we started listening to Gucci around that time. Well, I did, and uh, we were running up and down the halls like, "Boo!" Because that was like his ad lib and shit. Mm-hmm. Like we was forcing it in school, like throwing ketchup packets at the seniors and shit, like really wild. And having a great time as freshmen, mm-hmm. and they kicked me out. And then the next year, I went to the school, Charlestown. I didn't like it there. I didn't know anybody, and so like I was so under the radar that it would have been, like, pointless to even fuck with me. So, like, I just had my little weird group of friends, and we did our shit. But then I, like, just never went to school. So when you don't go to school, it's hard to make friends. You know what I'm saying? When you go to school three days a week <laughs> and skip, like, most of your classes, it's really hard to make friends. Mm-hmm. But all I wanted to do was rap. Like, I would skip school and go record. Or I would, like, skip school and stay home and write. Or we would go to my man's house and just play Xbox. Wow. Yeah. Who who is this chemistry teacher that lets you record Exhibit C freestyles in the classroom? Oh wow! How do you know about that? Yo, how does he know about that? The they fuck? probably can't hear you. The door's closed. The hell is this about? Ah uh, nah yeah ma. What the fuck was his name? So uh, it was a chemistry teacher. I really really can't remember his name. 
I remember his classroom was in the basement mm-hmm. and he was real into hip hop. He made beats and shit. He was like old Asian oh. dude, but he made beats. It was He's tight. An Asian guy, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and he um he had this shit where you could go to his classroom and you could make beats. All the laptops had Audacity downloaded on them. Okay. Or you could like download a beat off YouTube and record to it. So during lunch, he would let me come in and use the chemistry closet to record songs. So I recorded wow. like a crazy ass, intense ass exhibit C like freestyle joint. And I remember <laughs> one of my boys came into the room and he was like, bro, calm down. <laughs> I was like, yo, get the fuck out. You ruined my creativity. <laughs> Tell me to calm down. They got me here lit. And uh yeah, so shout out to wow. shout out to that professor, whatever his name is. I was. wish there was more teachers like that, man. I do too. Wow. Uh he was one of few, but they like eighth grade, my eighth grade teacher didn't teach us shit at all. Mm-hmm. We literally didn't do any schoolwork. His whole thing was this year is like it's like being a senior in high school, you know what I'm saying? Like you already did middle school, you know everything you need to know. Let's fucking have some fun, do some community shit. And basically his whole thing was playing the game. You have to learn to play the game. He taught me this shit early. It was lit. I was glad I got these lessons. Um, what do you mean by playing the game? Like, basically, we had to make it look like we were doing a bunch of shit to the principal while not actually doing anything. Wow. So, like, we would spend all of our time that we were supposed to be doing class just talking shit and chilling in the classroom. And then we would take, like, two days out the week and go do projects. Like, we would paint a big-ass mural or something. And for that, we would do shit where our teacher would reward us, a.k.a. we was going to do this regardless. Wouldn't, like, order mad pizza to school or shit like that. Like, he was just the littest teacher in the world. Wow. I remember I was had a real big crush on this girl, and he assured me that she wasn't going to fuck with me. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he told you he she was assured me that she wasn't going <laughs> to fuck with me. Him and my best friend brought me to the conference room like, on some parent-teacher conference shit and gave me an intervention about this girl. And they were just like, yo, she's a tease, bro, and she smells, and she's always sweaty. <laughs> like, bro, it was super lit. They were really trying to tell me not to try to fuck with this girl, but I was I was fixated. I had to. And then ended up breaking my whole heart, like, a year later. I was like, damn, I should have listened to my friends. <laughs> yeah, man. Shout out Mr. Mo- uh, I'm not even going to say his name just in case he might be still. It might be, like, a principal now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, teachers are getting suspended for all types of things nowadays. Uh, so why do did you choose to drop out of high school? Like, what, what led to that decision? Um, well, high school was, like, a hella lonely time. Mm-hmm. And, like, I wasn't getting – I wasn't doing anything. Like I said, I wasn't doing homework. I wasn't going to school. All I wanted to do was rap. And then my dad went to jail, so I wasn't worried about getting my ass whooped for dropping out no more. So I was just like, you know what? I'm going to just, like, do it. And, like, I'm going to go hard while he's in jail. And when he gets out, I'll have something to show for it. And when he got out, like, two days later, we played, like, a show. I was, like, one, like the third person of, like, eight people to perform or something. And everybody that came was super lit, wanted to see me. And my dad was, like, on stage for the whole show. It's fucking crazy. So he wasn't mad that I dropped out. I heard your mom was mad at him because he was kind of drunk. <laughs> yeah, she uh that was at my first Middle East show headliner. I did oh, Middle okay. East upstairs yeah. um for the release of Is This Art mm-hmm. and my mom, that was her first time ever seeing me perform. 
So she don't really know how this shit goes. She's never been to a rap concert besides my that concert mm-hmm. at that point. And my dad is like on stage with a worn sap jersey mm-hmm. and two beers, one in both hands and a scully on. <laughs> and he's lit on stage and my mom's mad as shit. Like you are too old to be doing what these fucking kids is doing. You embarrassing us. I'm like, chill out. It's, he's having a good time. Everybody's enjoying it. It's not a problem. But she was not having it. So, so now when he comes to the shows, he be behaving and shit. He goes stand at the bar. He wears sunglasses. <laughs> he could be incognito. And he just watch the show from afar. I'm like, damn, mom, you ruined it. Ruined, ruined the situation. So when you were 18, you told your mom you are going to be a rapper. And what, what did she say? So on, my, on the week of my 18th birthday, like probably the day after or the day of, it was real late and she was outside. And I went outside and I started talking to her. And I was like, yo, I'm 18 now. I'm going to be a rapper. That's what I'm going to do with my life, 100%. I was like, I'm a grown-up now. I'm an adult. I'm going to go do shit now. Like, I'm going to have to. Like, I have to be out late. I have to travel. I have to do all these things. And I just want you to know that's what's about to happen. And she was like, don't drink, don't do drugs, and don't fuck no white girls. That was what she said. I didn't listen. But, you know what I'm saying? I'm fine, though. <laughs> I'm fine, and I'm doing my thing. I didn't lie. I was out rapping. You know what I'm saying? Why do you think she specifically said don't fuck white girls? She thinks, my mom thinks, like, white girls are the devil. The devil. I think that's racist. <laughs> Is your mo- What's your mom's background? Uh, she's Puerto Rican. Oh, okay. Yeah, real, real Puerto Rican. Uh, so who who is uh, OG Swagger Dick and what importance did he have in your life? Man, OG Swagger Dick is my best friend on the planet Earth. Hey. And how the hell did he come up with that name, man? Come Cause, on, because he's the goat, and that's it. He's <laughs> just the greatest of all time at everything. He's the best, bro. Like he's a he's a shitty wingman, like like a terrible fucking wingman. And kind of like, uh, he kind of will stop you from talking to a girl. But otherwise, he's great. I remember. Like three years ago, I was at this party, and I had this my my Asian homie Nishi introduced me to this girl, and she was showing him pictures of her dog. I had the same exact dog, so he introduced us. I was talking to her and shit, blah blah blah. OG literally stepped in between me and the girl and introduced himself. I was like, "Yo, what are you doing?" And then we walked away, and I was like, "Bro, why would you do that?" He was like, oh, you was trying to do that? I was like, get the fuck out of my face. You know exactly what I was trying to do. Yeah. So, but, but otherwise, that's my best friend, though, so I don't care. It's my nigga. Um, yo, I saw your performance yesterday. I loved your confidence. You're comfortable. You were charismatic. You commanded the attention of the audience. They loved you. And I don't know how long you performing have been performing and how many shows you've done, but I want to know how you developed uh, how you got so comfortable? Well, yeah, yeah. How long have you been doing it? So I've been yeah. performing realistically since like 2012. Okay. But it was like always bullshit, little bars and shit like that, and it always it grew, it grew and grew and grew mm-hmm. to the point where now we're doing shit like this. And but lasted like I really became like a great performer. I think um, last year because I went on two tours. I went on tour with Logic, and then I went on tour wow. with Mac Miller. So like you do That's like thousands of people. That was show. those two tours was sixty five shows. Wow. I think I did eighty five shows altogether. Wow. So like you do that many, 
you start to get a feel for like I've seen a lot of different crowds. There's still not been many. There's not that many crowds I'm not used to at this point. Um, I'm about to start doing festivals this year. I'm excited to see what that's like. I've never done no shit like that. I'm hoping, like, the one thing I'm thinking about with festivals, like, that's in my head kind of, is, like, it'd be so many people that I'll be speaking into this microphone, but I'm one man, and that's, like, thousands of people. So it's, like, I'm, I just always have in the back of my head, like, can they hear me? Like, I know they can hear me. They make this shit so everybody can hear you, but I'm still going to be, like, can they hear me? Should I have them turn my mic up? Like, that's going to confuse the shit out of me, I think, for the first couple minutes. Yeah. But it's going to be fun. I'm not worried. Yeah. I, I like performing. It's my favorite thing to do. It's actually an exercise when you're you're performing for for the audience because you tell us to raise both our hands up above our heads. And I'm like, yo, my hands are getting tired. This guy's making me exercise. Yeah, because fuck that. I'm up here jumping around this shit all big. Y'all can put your hands up. Y'all can jump. But <laughs> nah. No, but it's not like one hand side to side. It's both no. hands. So you're like, oh, shit. It's both hands. I want you to feel fully engaged. I want You know what I'm saying? Like if you watch Dragon Ball Z... And Goku, Sun needs our energy for a spirit bomb, and we put our hands up to give him our energy. That's what y'all are doing. Y'all are putting your hands up. You're showing me that you can hear me and that you're with me when you do that shit. So it's like, we do that, it's lit. Mm-hmm. I feel you. I know y'all are here. I'm getting this energy from you. Definitely. You're connecting, and, and we're giving you energy. So the song, one song you performed yesterday, Grab Her Hand, mm-hmm. you said uh, that song has brought people together. Can yeah. you share that story, how it has <laughs> done that? So uh, this tour was the, the Mac tour, the Good AM tour, mm-hmm. was the first time that I was going to perform Grab Her Hand, like, a lot and shit. And so I was, like, thinking about how I should do it when I was getting ready for the tour. And I was like, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. I winged it. I didn't like talk. I didn't like. I thought about it, and I couldn't figure it out. So this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go up there and just say some stuff. So before the song comes on, I go stand on the edge, edge, edge of the stage, right above the barricade, and I'm like, this next song's called "Grab Her Hand" featuring Mac Miller, blah blah blah, and basically it's about not being afraid to talk to a girl and tell her how you feel. I would be like, girls, make some noise. I'd be like, why are y'all so fucking scary? I'm scared to talk to y'all because it's true. I'm scared to talk to girls. And um, I would be, I'd grab one girl's hand and I'll be like, when this song's over and when I'm gone, if you see a girl you like in here, I want you to go up to her, grab her hand, tell her how you feel. And then I would always be like, it's not going to work. 100% you will get curved, but you got to shoot your shot. So as the tour progressed, I would get like Snapchats and DMs and tweets about how, like, somebody grabbed a girl's hand and it, like, worked out for them. Like, they'll take a girl home or, like, they'll start dating. I had, like, a few couples start off of that song. And then towards the middle of a tour, this one couple grabbed this girl's hand and they told her she was beautiful or whatever or what have you. And they took her home and they had a threesome. The couple that had a threesome with this girl. And I was like, damn, the power of music. You know what I'm saying? So ever since then, now when I do the song, I'm like... It will work. Like, it will 100% work. If you hear and you hear me perform this song, this shit will work. And, yeah, that's how we get Christmas babies. Christmas babies. Christmas You're going to be like baby. the R. Kelly of exactly. fucking rap. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> my mind is telling me no. But my body, my body is telling me yeah. I think, uh, was it an old song with Get Off My Dick? Is that is that an actual song? Or you... Yeah, so Get Up 
I made that song a week and a half ago. Uh, I just, yeah, it's a new joint. I just decided to perform it last night. And that was like, that was really wild. I performed this shit and I stopped it and everybody was still singing it. And they were like, do it again, do it again. So I was like, uh, all right, y'all want me to do it again? And then my DJ just started chatting, get up off of my dick. Hey, get up off of my dick. And they all started doing this. So I was like, all right, play that shit. And we did that shit again, and it was just as lit the second time. That was really cool. People love saying that. There's a line in there that I caught that you say, no Lamar Odoms in my circle. What do you mean by that specifically? Oh, no crash outs. No uh, fucking take their money and fuck it up. You know what I'm saying? That's all. Okay. We're not going to do that. <laughs> We're not going to do boats. Uh, you have a song uh, uh, produced by Rich Kid, who is from Toronto, from the called Everything Burrito on uh, what a weird day how did that happen um so basically i was working on a lot of this album out of truth studios in la Mm -hmm. and it was one day the end of a studio session the engineer there nick breton was like playing me beats and that's when he played me he played me grab her hand the beat for that that day and i immediately laid that hook down in like five minutes like wrote it and laid it down five minutes and then i was like play me some more and he played me the two beats that Rich Kid made, and I was like, send me both of those. And I went home, and I basically wrote that whole two-part song, came back and recorded it, and then Link with Rich after, like, yo, I got your beats, bro, by the way. And uh, But he was fucking with it real heavy, and me and him are going to do some more shit. We're probably going to do some more shit today, to be honest. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Yeah, he's the great, great fucking... Yeah. It's crazy. We got to the hotel, and I was talking to this dude, Riley, and... I was like, rich kids from out here? And I, I knew that already, but I forgot. And these kids were all walking around the corner. And this one kid goes, rich kids shit is hot. And they all get on the elevator with us and we're going up and they all know who he is. That shit's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That shit's tight for producers out here because, like, we're trying to get to that point in Boston where our producers are just like, mm-hmm. like, we know all of them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, you said a quote, uh, every day I feel like I'm going to wake up in the eighth grade. Yeah, I say, that, I say that shit a lot because, like, you know, like, when you're a kid, you have really long, long, long dreams that feel super real. And I always be thinking, like, what if this shit is one of those? Like you're in the Matrix or something? Like, I'm in a long-ass dream right now, and it's actually not that long of a dream. And I wake up, and I can only remember little pieces of it, and I'm in eighth grade, and I'm still, like, a kid. I think about that shit all the time. That's pretty kind of scary, you know? So terrifying. <laughs> like, damn, no, let me finish. Let me just be a rapper and do what I'm doing. Shit is cool. If I could go back and remember most of this dream, though, oh, I'll be winning in life. Mm-hmm. It's like, and and I think, did you say did you say that because you felt helpless in grade eight and that's kind of like the, what you're like scared about? or Not necessarily yeah. helpless, but there's a lot of things I was doing and didn't know and like shit like that. Like when you're young, even now, as a 21-year-old, I think, like, at my age, we feel invincible. And we feel like we know everything. We know what's best for us. And we don't. And we really don't. And when you find that out, it's always because something goes wrong mm-hmm. or because something goes so far left the right way that it's like, whoa, I didn't even think that could happen. And so, like, it's the same thing in eighth grade. When you're in eighth grade, you swear you know it all. You swear you're slick. You know what I'm saying? You try to give shit past your parents, and they know what's going on because they was that age before, too. And it's like if I, with all the knowledge I have now, could go back to eighth grade, mm-hmm. I would be set. I would be set. I wouldn't make all the mistakes I made. Mm-hmm. 
But I don't know. I had fun either way. I don't really yeah. give a fuck. <laughs> the present times are looking pretty good. So no matter what. Uh, so t- uh, for the people who are not familiar and haven't taken it in yet, uh, the, are we considered what a weird day an album? And mm-hmm. so I want you to con- well, what's the concept of the album? Well, with what a weird day, I first of all I came up with it because this girl literally just said it, just said the words "what a weird day" after what a long a ass day. day. Like, oh, what a weird day. And I was sitting there just looking up, and I was like, yo, was a weird day. And then I was like, every day's kind of been a weird day. Because you start to see your life changing. And all this shit's happening that you're not used to happening, and you're young, and you're traveling now. And, like, last year you were sleeping on the couch and shit. It's like, those things will make you realize how much other shit you're doing and how every day is weird because every day is some shit you're not used to. So it kind of turned into this thing where it was, like, a story. Like, I'm lost now, the beginning of this sitcom episode. Like, I don't know what's going on. find myself in a conflict, as you do with every sitcom episode. And at the end of it, no matter where I go, no matter how far I veer off, I always end up back home with my friends to tell them what happened and why it was a weird-ass day. You know what I'm saying? And that's, like... Mm. Cause like I moved to LA, I was living on the other side of the country. This is my first time moving out my mom's house, and now I live on the other side of the country. Everything was weird. <laughs> Everything was weird. Found myself at like parties with people I was looking at on the internet the week before. Like, whoa, this shit is wild. But it's cool. It was a good time, and now I'm back living in Boston. So, did you feel like you took some risk in this album in terms of singing and doing melodies and trying that out? Like, what was that like? And uh, do you feel like every rapper is doing that nowadays where, like, it's like every rapper is singing, and is that a good thing, bad thing, or are people following a wave right now, or they're just trying to be more creative? Well, I think yeah. it's uh, it, it could be both. I think it's not that cut and dry. Mm-hmm. Um, really, what I think it is is everybody just wants to make what they want to make. We're in a time where everything is a mess. All genres of music are a mess how much music is getting put out is a mess. You know what I'm saying? It's all a big-ass mess. And in that mess, you got to find what makes you happy. Now, I know there's some people whose, like, artistic integrity is not real. Like, these niggas see somebody, they like it, and they just go do that. But there's also people who could be sitting there listening to something and say, this is what I want this to sound like. So I, I feel like singing. You know what I'm saying? I feel like making a song. And it's like... 2016, 2015 is such an accepting time, like, in comparison to, like, the rest of history, where it's like, you can afford to take those risks. Mm-hmm. Have a good time. Make your music. So much shit coming out anyway, you know what I'm saying? Make your music. Have fun. Create mm-hmm. art. Yeah. And I, I saw you tweet a picture with Asher Roth. Yeah. What's up with that? <laughs> uh, we did this joint. It's me, Asher Roth, and Larry June, produced by Chuck English. Shit. And we just shot a video for it. Um, in LA, she was cracking. It was mad fun. Chuck English came in with the goddamn Big Brother outfit. It was lit. Sweatsuit with the wave cap on and some yeah. big ass sunglasses. She was fire. Yeah, what happened to Asheroth, bro? Because the guy's actually a great artist, and he's like, like, oh, what cool. happened? Honestly, he's yeah. like, he's doing his shit, bro. He's like, he's really just doing his thing. Like, I went to his crib. Mm-hmm. Shit's fire. He be doing yoga. He about to start a ceramics class, bro. Like, he's really just, like, enjoying life. Mm-hmm. He's, like, actually very inspirational to me. Okay. In the way that, like, 
he's not pressed about this shit. Mm-hmm. He's not worried about this rap shit. He's having a good time. When we did the song in L.A., um, he walked to the studio, and he had the idea in his head. And he comes up the stairs, and he comes in, and I never met this man before in my life. And he goes, yo, Mike, so I had this idea. I called Chuck so he could come do the drums. But it's basically like, do, do, do. It starts, like, basically singing the whole song. He had the whole thing in his head. And Chuck came in, made the beat. In, like, 15 minutes, he was like, I got to dip. Uh, cable guy's at my crib. <laughs> he peeled off. The beat's done, though. And um, Asher and me just start writing. And throughout the whole writing process, he's asking, like, really trippy questions. Like, he was like, uh, what's the end of the world like for y'all? Like, what do you, how do you imagine the world ending? And we all went around listening. And Polyester was like, um... He was like, I don't know, but I want Samuel Jackson delivered his news. Like, I want him to tell us. He's like, oh, you motherfuckers are going to (laughs) die. And we was in there laughing about that shit for a grip. And then uh, Asher was like, what did he say? He was like, yo, would you consider Transformers robots or aliens? And I was like, I think think it's both. (laughs) He just kept asking shit like that. And then he finished his verse, recorded it. I recorded mine. And then a few months later, they put Larry on it. Shit was cool. He just... He's the calmest shit. I want to be that calm all the time. I want to be chilling like that. I'm glad he is, man, because obviously when he first came out, the whole major la- label and I love college or whatever, that yeah. probably made him, took him in a direction mm. that, you know, you, you might not be used to, but he's doing well. I'm glad. Uh, so you said that every huge internet thing either makes you happy or you hate it immediately. <coughs> right. That being said, damn Daniel, it's hilarious. Yes. What, what's, what's damn Daniel? Man, damn, Daniel. <laughs> it's like this dude with these white vans all the time, I guess. And this fucking, this dude with his phone, just follow him around. Every time you see him, he's just like, damn, Daniel. It's like really the best friend motivation you could get. Like, he's really hyping his mans up every time he come around. Like, that's inspiration. I'll fuck with that. And it's just also so hilarious. Like, why do you sound like that? Damn, Daniel. Back at it again with the white vans. <laughs> What? Is it true? You're allergic to pears? Is that real? Uh, You're not allergic to pears. Like, yeah. what can you... What, what What's in pears that makes you allergic to them? What I don't, happens to you? I don't know what it is. Every time I eat pears and apples... Um, apples, too. And apples, my throat gets itchy, and I never realize till after. But it's only itchy for, like, an hour, and then it goes away. But I always eat pears, and then be like, damn, I shouldn't have did that. Now my whole shit's all itchy. But I eat pears anyway because they're delicious, like the most delicious fruit, 100%. And, and Rick Ross gave, up, gave them a shout-out, too, so that's you know a cool sign. Absolutely. <laughs> Fuck with Rick Ross. <laughs> uh, you said you woke up and you gave your hair a hug today. Some of y'all will never know this never feeling. Know. What, is, what is that feeling like, Michael Christmas? I wish I could give you this feeling, to be honest. It's kind of crazy. It's like... You really uh, anime character when you got that much hair that you could just put your arms up and hold it like it's your child on top of your head. You know what I'm saying? I like sometimes when I deep condition my hair, I put it in a ponytail. And I just be walking around with a big ass poof on the top of my head. That shit's fire. I wouldn't do that outside, but in the house, so much fun. No, matter of fact, I went outside for a second with a ponytail like not long ago, and I felt the cold on my ears for the uh, first time in years. <laughs> I was like, yo, this is trash. How do y'all deal with this ever? Uh, but in the summer, it'd be trash, too, because it would be mad hot. It's, so it's a, it's a double-edged sword. It's all bad. It's really just all bad. 
uh, ra- uh, wrapping up our interview, Michael Christmas. What do you want? Any anything you want to say to the listeners and to Canada that's listening? Yo, Canada, thank you so much for having me. Me and my friends are having an amazing time. I want to come back soon, get some more poutine. You know what I'm saying? We still didn't do breakfast at the strip club yet, so we still got to oh, do shit. that. Yeah, so we had to have a good time out here because we only out here for a little bit longer. Uh, I'm Michael Christmas. I'm having a good time. Stiz was like raving about the poutine. He's like, yo, Canada, you guys got one with the poutine. What do you think of it? Poutine is amazing, bro. Like, dead ass. I got some sriracha, sriracha, sriracha pepper, chicken, mm. poutine from Smokes, poutinery. Yeah. Fire. Delicious. Fire. Absolutely. Thank you very much for your time, fam. Thank Appreciate you. it. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with the homie Michael Christmas. I had a lot of fun interviewing him. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on The Come Up Show, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. We're going to have a special announcement this Thursday, March 10th, which is tomorrow for the people who are listening right when this comes out. We're going to be announcing a special concert happening on 420. That is on April 20th. we got a special show for our listeners, especially if you live in London, Ontario and surrounding areas. For our Toronto people, don't worry. We'll have later announcements as well. So make sure you go over to our website, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're everywhere. The Come Up Show. Uh, We'll be announcing this Thursday, March 10th, our special concert that we're having on April 20th on 420. Thank you very much for listening to the Come Up Show podcast. This is your boy Chetto. I'll catch y'all next Wednesday. Peace.